what is up, everybody? Man, welcome back. It's a chilly evening, so you might as well make your way on inside. Hang out with us for another action-packed episode of the Musicians Cafe. My name is Brian Dick, and I'm hanging out a man who much with a man who, much like me, every time he looks in the mirror, the lines on his face are getting clearer. <laughs> Just saying. But I got Ryan Copenhaver with me, man. How are you feeling, brother? I'm doing awesome. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, yes. And thank you, Kimberly, for joining us today. Yeah, Thanks man. You gave away my welcome. secret. You, you know. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no, all good. Folks, man, we are always stoked to have great guests in the in the Musicians Cafe. Each and every week we get excited about it. We have none other than Kimberly Burke with us this week, and she is here. She's got a new album out we want to talk about. Kimberly, you're doing well, right? I'm doing really well. Very happy. That is great. You got big smiles on your face, so that's cool. <laughs> I like it. You're excited. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, we got a lot of stuff we got to find out from you, and we'll do that very soon. But in the meantime, Ryan, you've got that menu, so let's go ahead and knock that out and let people know what's going on. Po- folks, get a pen and paper so you can write down and go support these acts. All right. Here we go. Uh, Tally Ho Theater kicks it off. November 16th is the Christian Lopez Band and Cruz Contreras. Yes. On the 17th, Lanco, Megan Patrick, and Willie Tate. And then on November 18th, my best friend will love this, Van Halen Nation. Yeah. Should I tell you about my Tally Ho experience now or wait? I think it's a perfect time. You want to do it now? Let's go. Let's do it now. This past Friday night, man, I got to get a chance to go down to Tally Ho. And I went down to see a band that I loved from back in the early 90s and actually late 80s, early 90s, Firehouse, which was wonderful. They were great. Um, Went down. David was a very uh, welcoming host. They are working on the Tally Ho, which is cool. They're doing some changes up on the... Uh, VIP level to be able to get more seating. Excellent. So they've got lots of big things going on. They remodeled the bar up there, and so it was a good time. Um, got a chance to go down there, and of course, the opening band I'd never heard of, Gavin Evick. Um, that turned out to be pretty interesting, Ryan. Honestly, have you ever heard of him at all, Kimberly? I have not. You haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gavin Evick was pretty cool because we weren't sure what to expect, and then uh, they come out and they hit the stage. Okay, and, and the first thing they do is a cover tune. And, you know, I don't remember exactly what it was. I want to, no, I think it might have been um, For Whom the Bell Tolls is what it was. And (laughs) so they come out and hit the stage doing that. And then they went right into like a poison tune or something. So I thought, well, cool. You know, they've got the vibe down. And I noticed that the guy singing was pretty young looking, but I didn't really pay a lot lot of attention to it. I just sort of listened to the music. And so they played their set. They were great, had a good time, uh, set, set it up very well for Firehouse. And uh, so, you know, I enjoyed them very much. And I'll come back to them in just a second. Firehouse comes out. We found out going in um, to the concert that C.J. Snare, their lead singer, was actually not available for the concert. And so whenever you hear that, Ryan, you know, it kind of makes you go, whoa, you know, <laughs> what am I in for? Because, you know, you, you always go to hear the original people. And right. and so I was like, well, you know, I don't, you know, don't know what to expect. Hopefully it's great. We've seen them before. We know how good they are. Um, but anyway, they come out and hit the stage and started their show. And I, and within a half a song, I thought, we're in good hands. This cat can sing. Good. And I mean, he really... Now, CJ's got a, a distinctive voice and a stingu- distingu- Is that right? Distinctive? Distinctive. Distinctive. There distinctive. we go. Anyway, he's got right? a great yeah. voice that you can recognize. How about that? <laughs> and so trying to cover him, I thought, well, you know, got to be careful because if you do that and you don't get it right, people are like me, you're going to go, hey, you know, anyway. Yeah. But anyway, as it turns out, he was great. Um, didn't know much about him, and whenever they said they named his name on the stage, they said it so fast you couldn't make it out. Maybe right? intentionally, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it could have been. <laughs> so anyway, the, the, the concert's over. We're having a great time. They killed it. It was fantastic. We get out, and David 
that I mentioned that runs is the general manager down there. He, you know, come up and said, Hey, did you have a good time? I was like, yeah. And he goes, did you know about the lead singer? And I was like, well, no, I found out. Tell me about him. And he goes, turns out Nate Peck is his name. And it might sound familiar to some of you because he was a contestant on American Idol. Wow. Yeah. And when he auditioned for American Idol and you guys can watch this on YouTube, it's really kind of fun to watch. David recommended that I do that. He auditioned singing a docking song, okay. which was pretty cool. Now, this he's a young guy. He's in his 20s. He's not you know very old. Um, but he did a great job at the audition. He, he got to Hollywood. He did not go, I don't think, a whole lot farther. But, you know, of course, you know, they're really good. Even at that point, you know, the singers are really good. Sure. But anyway, he came out and killed it. He is, and I got a chance to meet him after the show too, which was really cool. He came by and said hello, and, and so did Michael Foster and some of them from the band. And we got a chance to shake hands and say hi. And, and he was a really nice young man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so whether he sticks full, you know, I don't think he'll stick full time with Firehouse because they have CJ. But wherever he goes, he's going to be great. Excellent. On my way out, I see Gavin Evick, and I clap my hands on his back. I said, "Man, you guys killed it tonight." He goes, "Thanks a lot, man." He said, it's kind of cool. He said, I'm 22, and I'm the oldest one in the band. I went, really? He goes, yeah, my guitar player is 16. Oh, my God. And I'm like, holy smokes. And so it warmed my heart, Ryan, because you and I both enjoy the same style of music on a lot of levels, and maybe you do too, Kimberly. I don't know if you like the 80s rock or not, but I see that there's a youth youth movement, I guess, or people that are in their very early years that did not, they were not even born when this music was going on. And they're loving it, keeping and it playing alive. it, and keeping it alive. And yeah. it was really cool. So high five to Tally Ho. That's my Tally Ho story. Thanks for letting me indulge there for a minute. But very, very much fun. And anybody gets a chance to get down to Tally Ho, do that. We're lucky to have them. We also have Back Seat Event Center, which is great too. So man, it's a good time to go see live music. Anyway, all right. sorry about that, brother. Oh, you're all, all right. good. Yeah. Good info. Hollywood Casino is up next, November seventeenth. It's Michael Tenpenny. Then we move on to Bear Chase Brewery. On yes. the 16th is Nick Mitch. The 17th, Mark Dunn. The 18th is Pete Lapp and Justin Swade. And then the 19th is Josh Souder. Box Office Brewery uh, on the 17th is Aladdin Boyd and the Way Siders. Yeah, former, former guest of the show. Yep. And then the 18th is Robbie Lyman. Yeah, another guest, good friend of the show as well. Troubadour Park and Lounge on the 18th, Crazy Jane. Yeah. Uh, Piccadilly Pub House on the 17th is Brian Stutzman, and the 18th is Grindstone. Yeah, I've been reaching out to those guys. Mm. All right. Yep. Future guests, hopefully. I hope. Got my fingers crossed. Backseat Event Center on the 17th is Doc Martin and the Flannels. And That's also, a big deal right there, by the way. It? Anybody's never seen them, go see Doc Martin and the Flannels. That's a great show. It's a great If you're in the 90s rock. That's where you, you got to watch name. that. It is they a great really, name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really cool name, right? And another great name on the 18th, the backseat is the Reagan years. Yeah, another 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, Kimberly recognizes that one too. So, yeah. <laughs> Bright Box Theater on the 18th, the Reverend Peyton's big damn band, Hootin' Holler. Yeah. I like that. That's <laughs> and, like that is. <laughs> and then on the 22nd, uh, DJ Offy, which is their Thanksgiving bash yeah. at Bright Box. Yeah. Uh, Paladin on the 17th, Acoustic Souls. On the 18th, Royal Honey. And then at Paladin 2, on the 17th is Dylan Wolfel. I yeah, hope I'm saying that man. right. Dylan and I drink bush lights together. It's awesome. Excellent. You yeah. don't like PBR? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Um, and then on the 18th is Bailey Hayes. 
And then another fine mess is going to be on November 18th at On Cue and Front Royal from 8 to 11 Yeah, p.m. man. Steve reached out to me about that, man. we got to go see them at On Cue. That's going to be great. I hear that's a wonderful venue. Have you been over there yet? Do you I can make it to Front Royal? Yeah. You would probably fit in good there. We'll have to talk to them to about that. that yeah. yeah. You would do real well there. Well, the Ryan, is that what you got on that list here? It is all good. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Thank you. I just got a couple of things to add to it, if you don't mind real quick. Um, my buddy, Polly Coconuts, always reach out to me. Polly, man, high five to you, brother. Um, Mission Road is going to be busy. On the 17th, they're going to be at Alfredo's in Charlestown from 6 to 9. That's on Friday night. On Saturday, they're going to be at Firefly Cellars Winery in Hamilton, Virginia. And so make sure you go out and see Elliot and Christina and and Paulie and the whole gang, and make sure you said uh, tell them hello and buy them a drink, too. They, they love that when you do that, for sure. Um, they've got a new album coming out, Ryan. It's called All I Want to Say, and it is being pressed as we speak. That's what the words from uh, Paulie. So hopefully that'll be available probably within the next week or so, I would imagine. And uh, it, I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be exciting. And I know they've been working really hard on getting that together because when they were here as our guests, they were working on it then. So, you know, I think they put a lot of heart and soul into it. It should be a great release, I'm sure. Uh, so make sure you go out and check out Mission Road and uh, say hello to the gang from us, too, if you would, please. And that's all I got, unless you're interested in that question. Right? Oh, of course I am. We're going to do that, too. I never know any answers, but I always look forward to <laughs> We're going to have the trivia question of the show, and I'm going to throw it out there real quick. This is a little bit tough, uh, but not unheard of. So the question this week is, this band had a number one song in 1966 and then did not have another number one song until 1988. Wow. What is the band? And can you name both songs? <laughs> 66. I wasn't 66 even born and yet. 88. There's a little bit of a hint there if you think about those years. Um, but I, Kimberly's got this. This face on right now. She's thinking She's hard. Intense. I am. I'm not coming up with it. I'm thinking hard. <laughs> well, that's all right. We'll think about it while the show is going on. Ryan, you don't have anything right yet. No. All right. Well, think about it a little bit, and we'll get back to that towards the end of the show. All right. Man, we got through all the, the upfront stuff. Now we get to the meat of the conversation. First of all, we've got Kimberly Burke here with us. She's fresh off a new release uh, called Flight Risk. It's going to be great. I've listened to a good bit of it, and she's here with smiles. Kimberly, how are things for you right now? You doing well? Things are really good. Yeah, I've been busy and um, been having a good time with the album. And, you know, I've been going back and forth from here, playing a bunch and going to Nashville. Like, oh, wow. You know, once a month, once every other month. Um, and it's been a very cool couple of years for me. That so, is wow. Yeah. Nashville. Good for you. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Yeah, that's where the album was recorded, actually. Was it's a really, mm -hmm. yeah, it's got a great finish to it. A great, great Thank sound. You. Yeah. I love, you know, I love all the, uh, you know, you've got some, I don't know what, I, I don't know what I want to call it, but it's a little bit of a Nashville sound to it. The oh, older no, Nashville for sure. sound. Yeah. It's, you know? uh, it was recorded at Studio 19, which okay. used to be right on uh, Music Row. And now they are um, out uh, at this, um, the Sound Kitchen. Okay. Um, okay. And, which is a big studio. And uh, Kyle Hirschman is um, the engineer, and he's amazing, and he's worked with you know everybody. And the band that was on it with me was just incredible. Isn't that I mean, something? The, the lineup of who they've played with and who they've toured with was just ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That is cool. Do they kind of pick your, your bandmates for you in a situation so like that or I talked to Kyle um, multiple times you know ahead of time and sent him some just rough takes of some of my songs and then we talked about 
sort of my vision of the album and kind of the feel that I wanted and stuff. And I, I really did want to kind of go after that Nashville sound. Right. Time. Okay, good. Yeah, you found it. Um, and, you know, the kind of the goal with this project, I mean, sometimes I just write for the sake of writing and, you know, but this was kind of to be a little bit more commercially centered, you know, right. and so I wanted that kind of vibe. Um, and so he has a, a band that he works with a lot um, that are, you know, studio musicians that rec- work out of all the studios in Nashville. And I mean, these guys are just ridiculously talented professionals and um, and they were fantastic. Um, Jason Roller was on lead guitar, both acoustic and electric and, right. and fiddle and um Dwayne Rowe, um, you know, is on keyboards and, and, and organ. And I mean, he's toured with Brooks and Dunn and everybody from back in the day in Nashville. And, uh, Dow Tomlin was the bass player again, has played with everybody twice. Right. Very cool. Um, Yeah. 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 And Robert Blair, um, was our drummer and percussion and he's a little bit younger than, um, you know, Dwayne and, and, um, and Dow, um, he and Jason are, you know, younger guys, um, but they're touring with everybody. I mean, he's been on tour with Kelly Pickler. The couple of the guys have been out with Dolly and Winona, you know, wow, I mean, yeah. like, like real deals, you know. So for yep. me, you know, it was uh, initially it was, you know, like, whoa, OK, this is kind of legit, you know. Um, so a little intimidating to begin with. And but I have to say they couldn't have been any nicer and they were fantastic to work with and we had a lot of fun with Wow. Them. Well, the finished product is fabulous. So Thank you. we're going to get to more of that later on. Thank you. You know, I read a little bit on your bio, but I, I always I'm the one who always does this on the show. I rewind. I want to find out what started sure. it all. But you you're classically trained, but even before that, how did it start for you at a young age? How did it work? Yeah, um you know, I actually did my first album when I was 17. Did you really? Yeah. Um, and I started writing music, I think, when I was like 13 or 14. And I didn't play the guitar yet. Like, I, I mean, I played the piano a little bit. But I actually learned to play the guitar. So I had a way to accompany, like, what was kind of going on in my head and what I was writing. Um, and so, and then I started classical voice lessons, you know, or just voice lessons. And I ended up studying classical voice as well. When I was 17. Wow, okay. And then I my degree's in voice performance, actually. Um, and so, I mean, I sing... I mean, I in school, I did opera, which you can't tell from the what? album. <laughs> you know, when I was singing blues and rock and country and everything, you can't tell <laughs> yeah. that there's any opera in there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I studied, you know, jazz styles and, you know, classical voice and right. all that as well. So, I mean, it's a lot of, lot of genres. W- a, lot of, a lot of space, you know, back right. and forth again. Yeah. Were your beginnings so primarily in a country sort of setting, or were you, know, you were you into other things? Oh, I'm definitely into other things. Like I, um, you know, I was in a funk band at one point. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 And, um, I I love old like R and B. Okay. And, um, and I um, like seventies, you know, sure. kind of funk and stuff like that. Um, and I've been in rock bands. I've been in country bands. I've been blues duos. Um, you know, and I did that full time, you know, earlier on. And but I'm also a horse trainer. Oh, wow. OK. And um, I, you know, those were my two loves, music and horses. And so I ended up what was kind of the plan B, which is the horses ended up kind of becoming plan A by, you know, sort of the weird steps that one takes in life. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, and I traveled on the horse circuit as a trainer and, you know, rode competitively for years. Wow. And OK. 
And then a couple years ago, I kind of said, you know what, I miss doing music more. And I was doing music, you know, part-time all that time. And then I, you know, I sort of took a sabbatical, and then it got a little longer and got a little longer. And um, <laughs> and I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been really lucky because I was able to book some gigs and kind of make a go of it. Sure. And, um, and I kind of haven't looked back. I sort of wish I'd done it a little sooner. Um, but... But it's it's been fun, and you know I you know I'd like to put a band together that I play with more regularly. Um, but right now I'm just playing mostly you know just out by myself solo, just right? Me and my guitars. What were some of the early influences that you had when you were learning to write songs at 13 years old? Do you remember? I was kind of a throwback, you know. Like I mean, I was really into um, like 60s stuff. Like I was into. Like Joni Mitchell, or, okay, you know what yeah. I mean, yeah, and, singer songwriter uh, type, yeah, yeah. Bonnie Raitt, yeah. and um, and I have a lot of like male influences too. You know what I mean? Like I was into old blues, and you know, I love Neil Young. And, okay, um, you know, I wasn't that. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't that into the '80s rock scene. <laughs> I kind of skipped over. It. I liked you know some of the '90s. I understood. You know? That's um, fine. But um, but I love '70s. Like I loved Led Zeppelin, and you sure. know what I mean, and um. You know, uh, a lot of, um, you know, just sort of your cl- kind of what we call classic rock bands now. Um, and I, you know, and I, I played, you know, in some bands that we covered that kind of stuff. Right, you know? right. Gotcha. Um, so at 13 and 14, I mean, it, it's amazing. You're writing yeah, your own songs at that point. Yeah. We're starting to. I mean, like, how does that process happen for you? Is it start with like a riff or start with an idea or a lyric that just pops in your head. You know, it was really kind of weird. The first, I mean, I, I'd always sang, like, I mean, singing had always been a thing. Like it always been in like every music kind of production they ever had at school. And I mean, it was always like in my family was into music and my, my dad was a singer and I mean, not professionally, but you know, we sang, there was a lot of music in my house. Mm, yeah. Um, but the first time I wrote a song, I woke up in the middle of the night with it in my head. And, um, and that's really how it happened. And I wrote it down. I wrote poetry and I was like, you know, it's kind of a deep, but I, um, you know, but I, uh, you know, I wrote, you know, it down and, you know, I had the little melody with it and stuff. And I mean, it was, you know, I think that was, and I, I still write that way sometimes. Like I still, sometimes they wake me up. Like it's weird. Um, okay. Keep a notepad on the nightstand. I have one handy. Close. I have one handy, you know, and I mean, sometimes they're keepers. Sometimes they get scrapped. I mean, right. it's kind of weird. And I usually get on a tear, like when I'm writing, like I don't usually just write one. I write like five. Oh, wow. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe only two make it, you know, to a finished product off the notebook, and, okay. you know, into something, but it, it definitely seems to kind of go in waves, you know? Gotcha. Very cool. I guess to fill up an album, though, and I, um, like some of those ones, how do you determine like what what's a keeper, what's get what gets scrapped? I, I mean, th- <clears throat> I think you know it depends on you know it used to be like I have an album that's out, so I have two albums that are out on all the platforms, and one is called Flight Risk, and that's the most recent, mm-hmm. and then um, I have one called Seasons that came out you know a, a few years ago. It came out in two thousand and nineteen, and um, Seasons is a little all over the map because it was songs that I wrote over like several years. Um, and then I finally got the chance to record it. And so it kind of sounds like that. You know what I mean? Like there's some songs that lean a little bit more country. There's some songs that lean a little bit more rock. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. I think, you know, 
just sort of studying what, you know, I'm really into listening to other people and kind of studying what they do and what works and all that. I think, you know, having a little bit of cohesion is important. Um, and so I think sometimes like I'll have some songs, you know, that kind of are more from like other influences of mine. Like, you know, you know, this could kind of be like an R&B song. So yeah, like, yeah. I love this song, but like maybe it doesn't fit on this project, you know? Um, so I think it's hard to pick though. And actually my son, um, is very helpful with that. Like I play him, he's also really into music and I keep trying to get him to release stuff that he writes cause he's amazing. But, right, yeah. um, but he's so far, I'm, we're not getting him to put it out there quite yet. When he does, it's going to knock everybody's socks off. But, um, you know, so I use him a lot as a, a sounding board or, yeah. you know, other, people like okay what what hits you because sometimes it's weird like the like you're convinced that a certain song is like the one and then there's a different one like i'm always interested when i go to spotify or i see like you know how they prioritize the ones that they listen to and like and it changes and it's like wow okay like like i have a song on the album on flight risk called dark horse i listened to it yep thanks and um it's uh it's a little harder it's right. a little it's a little yes it's a little more i mean it's pretty much a straight up rock and roll song um the, the last album the last yeah. song of the album that's how i remembered yeah it's really yeah. good i like uh, that one thank you i like that that's actually one of my favorites yeah but it was you know it, it's it's intense and it's a little like like i didn't know how commercial it would be like you know what i mean as some of the other ones sure and so i i put it on like I wanted it on and the band actually had a blast with that one like we had a lot of fun with it but but I mean it was sort of like okay like this one's a little stranger you know what I mean it's funny because that's how it comes across it's just a little different enough to get your attention yeah 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 yeah. um and like in a in a cool way but it's definitely like it doesn't you know it doesn't really fit anybody's box necessarily okay um and so we we kept it but we put it last you know what i mean and that one has a lot of hits sometimes you know what i mean so it's like it's funny and i've had quite a few people usually guys say to me like hey i really like dark horse like dark horse is one of my favorites it's like okay well that's cool you know (laughs) what i mean like dark horse is one of my favorites you know but but it's it is funny like you know like of who likes what and um it's interesting feedback and you learn from yeah. it, I think, you know, it's, I mean, it's all about, you know, making mistakes and learning from them <laughs> and figuring it out, you know? Well, what you, I've heard, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, you obviously play many different styles of music. Is yeah. there one that you prefer over you know, the others? I mean, it's, that's one of the, one of the things when I'm booking gigs, it's like, I always say like, what do you guys want? Because I can play, I play so many genres and, um, so sometimes it's hard. Like I have, um, I play a lot of vineyards and sure. so I like to just sort of read the crowd. Like if it looks like I have a bunch of classic rockers, then I play a lot of classic rock. If I have kind of a younger, like we're just drinking age crowd, then I'll pull out, you know what I mean? Some Later newer stuff. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Some newer stuff. Um, if, you know, and it's it's like that game of, you know, who who belongs to what car, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, right, you know, right, right. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you're dead wrong, you know, but, <laughs> you know, but you kind of guess it's like, well, these guys might be kind of country and you yeah. throw a couple country songs in, you know. Um, I like to do kind of fun arrangements of, of older songs, you know, um, and just, you know, kind of do something different with yeah. them. Yeah, love know? that, yeah. Um, 
But I mean, I play everything on my, like my normal set list. If I'm just, you know, able to just sort of run loose with it. I mean, I play everything from Bill Withers to Dolly Parton, you know what I mean? Um, and like we make jokes, like we've been having this joke about Otis to opera, you know, <laughs> like, you know, but, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like that. But you know, <laughs> I don't know how effective of a slogan that would be, but you know, it's like, but I mean, if you're a musician, you get it. Yeah, you know that's what, what I was going to say. A musician yeah. would get it. Yeah, a musician yeah, gets yeah, it because yeah. I do. I have Otis writing in my in my you know my set list. But, right. You know, um, I usually I only whip out the opera when asked. You know, gotcha. like, <laughs> I I do have a, a vineyard that I do opera nights. Wow, um, and that's something. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. talk to me about that for a second because I got a million questions. But you you brought up the opera again you mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier yeah how did that become in your into your life how did what what caused that because that is mm-hmm. a style of music that is unappreciated i think on a large level yeah, um but sure. you're not exposed to it a lot either as you're growing up most of the time i don't think well you know and like so i think the first opera that i went to i was like 15 or 16. Okay. And I was like a typical 15 or 16 year old kid that I just wanted to run away with a band. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I I just wanted to run away with a rock and roll band. Like I really didn't have any use for doing anything else. Like that's what I wanted to do. And so I was way too cool to go to the opera. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was like, ugh. you know, and it was like a school trip and I was like, okay, fine. You know, and we went to the Kennedy center, which I mean, beautiful place to go. Right. Okay. And I sat there and it just, it got me. And really? I was like, wow, you know, like if it's if it's good, like it should kind of shake you up, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's an Italian or what it's in. You know what I mean? Like if it's good, like it should reach out and kind of grab you just like a good, you know, like a from, you know, any good Anything. song. Yeah. Any yeah. good song should yeah. do that. Um, I think a lot of people can't get past the formality of it all or the, you know, just, you know, it's it's a lot of people. It's just not your thing. And that's fine. I think for me, the emotional sort of venting that happens with opera, if mm-hmm. it's good, it's it's very cool. And I, you know, I always encourage people to like listen to it. Like, don't just listen to it on the radio. Like, go and check out a really good one. You know, find kind of a user friendly one to sure. go to the first time and just see. And it still might not be your thing. You know what I right, mean? But, right. but, um, it's pretty cool. And, you know, as a singer, it's it's kind of self-indulgent because it it definitely uses all, every single note you have. Of your range, yeah. You know, yeah. times yeah. 10. Gotcha. You know, um, and so, you know, even if you don't do anything with it other than study it, it does wonders for your singing, your control, okay. all that, yeah. you know. Um, but I did, I mean, I my degree was in voice performance. It wasn't the only thing I studied. It wasn't just opera in my program. But um, but I, I got to go to Europe and, you know, do some auditions nice. and sing and stuff. Nice. And, um, you know, I got to work with some very cool people that have, you know, been important people in that world. Yeah. And I learned a lot from it. I mean, my heart of hearts has always been, you know, kind of more blues and, you know, um, you know, like I, I love old blues and sure. I love, you know, rock and, you know, R&B and stuff. I mean, you know. That's cool. Stevie Wonder and, you know what I mean? All that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, of so, course. You know, and I, you know, I love that kind of music is probably my heart of hearts. But I do enjoy, I do enjoy opera. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very um, 
we always talk about having a broad range. Mm. Of broad. That's right. And that's, that's very broad. That's yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listening to you talk then, I'm curious, did you grow up in the Shenandoah Valley? Are you from this area originally or how no, did that work? Okay. No. Um, so I am originally from upstate New York. Okay. So okay. if you hear some of the air in there, that's where it comes from. Um, so, but I'm from like a part of New York that is like West Virginia, you know, okay. I mean like I'm More way, rural. way upstate. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, I'm up near, I'm in a, from a little town called Hannibal, which is outside of uh, like Oswego near Lake Ontario. Um, okay, you're near the lakes. And yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, where there's a lot of snow and not a whole lot of ice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots of snow, yeah. Yeah, but we moved away from New York when I was a kid, um, you know, 10, and then okay. we, I lived in Tennessee for a couple of years, and then I've been... I've been in Virginia um, since, you know, I was in middle school. So I've been, I'm kind of from Virginia. I just don't always sound like I'm from Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't picked up on a New York yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's a little here and there. It's like, you know, there's some Southern, there's some, you know, some weird vowels. Right, so right. The mix. <laughs> <That's good>. <laughs> <laughs> I get you, busted sometimes. Sorry. Yeah. Very you had mentioned earlier that you're, there was always like music in your, in your home yeah. of some sorts. Did, yeah. um, were your parents... Did they play any instruments? Oh, yeah. Were they musically inclined? Is that kind of... Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, it was a really little town that we're from. And so, you know, like both my parents played in the community band. Um, so my mom played saxophone. My dad was a trombone player. And my dad was also in like some other like community uh, things singing, you know. Um, yeah. And he actually had a beautiful baritone voice, like, you know, really, really good voice. And he's who taught me to sing. Um, okay. You know, my mom always says I'm, she's stuck to instruments and she's very good at that, but she didn't want to sing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there was always a lot of music, you know, my parents were always, and they were always really, really, really supportive of my music. Um, so, I mean, cause I started playing in bars when I was 17. Well, yeah. 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 And, um, you know, not everybody's going to let their 17 year old daughter start playing in bars, you know, especially back then. And, sure. um, and they came, you know, I mean, they would come and you know, hang out and, you know, I mean, so very supportive. Yeah, they were, they really were. Um, and you know, very supportive of the first album and obviously, you know, I mean, recorded it when I was 17, so they helped make that happen. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, and you know, my dad was real cute about the whole thing. Cause like we did a premiere concert at, um, at the Luckett's Community Center. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to admit exactly what year that was in, but, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, he was, I think he was just as, as excited about it as, you know, the rest sure. of us, you know. And, you know, he's like, it's going to sell out. And it did, actually, you know. But it was like, you know, I was like, Dad, it might not, you know. <laughs> yes, it is. It's going to sell out, you know. Okay, you know. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, so it was, it was, I'm very lucky in the sense that they were really on board. Yeah. Um, just with pursuing you know, whatever weird thing I came up with, you know. Yeah, that is good. I've tried to do that, you know, as a parent too. Yeah, exactly. Be supportive. You know? Yeah. So you were, at that point, you had mentioned you going and had actually studied uh, extended beyond, you know, um, high school. So you went to college. Yeah. And and, and majored in mm -hmm. that. Doing what you do and, and listening to what you do now and, and you're mm -hmm. releasing albums, you, you've put in the work. But how, what road led you to Nashville? How did you get? Your foot in the door there. You know, I I mean, I think I'm still working on getting my foot in the door there, to be honest. But, I mean, I, um, I, I kind of just decided that that's kind of where it's happening as far as the singer-songwriter. And I always kind of wrestle with the fact, like, 
oh, I'm not country. Like, I don't write country music. And I totally write country music, right, you know. Right. And, and you know, but the thing now, like, what's considered country, I mean, some of my stuff's really country, um, mm-hmm. no doubt. But but these days, what what is country, like, for example, Tom Petty, would he have been country if he were alive now? Right. Or would he still be rock and roll? There's a lot oh. of Tom Petty songs that are kind of country. Absolutely. I mean, if, yeah. Keith, if Keith Urban's country then wouldn't Tom Petty have potentially been country? I see your point. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's like that whole genre has gotten bigger. I mean, Chris Stapleton, absolutely love Chris Stapleton, you know, and he's country, but he's also like kind of a soul singer. Sure. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think, you know, the there's a lot of room in that genre now for you to be your own thing. Right. Um, which I think is is cool. I've also kind of tried to concentrate over the past couple of years of like, yes, these are country songs, so make them country songs, you know? Okay. And I think that was one of the um, reasons that, you know, it's like, okay, then why not go to Nashville and, you know, try sure. to do this for yeah. real. And um, I've been going to these, uh, some of the songwriter nights and stuff, and Debbie Champion down there, um, She's been running these songwriter nights for, you know, years and years. And, right. And they're a fantastic, um, I mean, she does a great service to the songwriting community. Um, and, you know, basically in those, you have people that are nobody, that have, you know, that play at the open mic at the end of the night that like maybe it's one of the first times they've done that all the way to the headliners that might have Grammy winning songs right. that they've written. That's All right. in the same room on the same night. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, nice range of mm-hmm. a talent. Yeah. yeah. And so how she runs it is you interview or, or audition kind of in the open mic, and then she invites you to kind of come and play. And it's all original music. That's it. Um, like right. Like the Bluebird, it's all original. Sure. Um, yeah. And then you kind of, you know, get that opportunity to get your stuff out there. And the cool part about Nashville is it's songwriting is just like a way of life there. You know, it's such a, a profession. It's a, such an sure. industry yeah. that you really have listening rooms. And so, I mean, I gig all the time and, but when you go down there, it's like for real, you know, because people are sitting there and they don't make any noise. Like they're just listening. They're hanging on every word, you know, and it's, it's very, very cool as a songwriter to really have your song actually listened to. Right, yeah, know? yeah. Instead of, okay, yeah, 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 original, let's hear something else we know. You know what I mean? Which is sure. normal. I mean, that's our job as performers is to play things that entertaining people, you know, entertain people. When I go out and I play most of my gigs, I only play maybe a couple of originals. The rest of the time I'm playing covers. And, sure. you know, and that's what, you know, that's what you're there for. But, you know, the nice part about Nashville is that you know, they're really into original music. Like, they're almost disappointed if you play a cover, if it's a place that you can play a cover, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, Debbie's been really cool and very supportive of me. Um, I'm very thankful for that. And um, and so I've had the opportunity to go to those. Of course, I played the Bluebird and, yeah. you know, and have done that as well. And, you know, it's just, you know, you can't even go out to lunch there without bumping into somebody <laughs> and and... You know, who knows somebody who knows somebody that you ought to talk to or, hey, you know, here's my card or whatever. So, you know, it's just per capita. You have so many musicians. I mean, the flip side of that is you have so much competition in one spot. That's true. Yeah. Um, But you know what? You know, life's short. you got competition everywhere. So it's a good thing, though, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. It helps you hone in on your yeah. craft. Yeah. With, with your time in Nashville with your studio band, mm-hmm. how long how long did that take you guys to, to gel, like when you're playing together? Like, because, you know, you kind of feed off of each other. I mean, bands have been together for years, and they just, it, it feels like it. You know, yeah. like when you're stepping into that environment. I'm just curious how, and I know you said they were very nice uh, they were. to deal with. I'm just... I was yeah. curious. No, no, that's a good question. They were they were really great. Um, you know, they do this for a living. They play together a lot as, um, you know, different studios. Um, so they're really comfortable with each other, yeah. which helped. Um, and so it was just a matter of kind of getting me on board. Um, and I've played with a lot of people, but these guys are like, you yeah. know, I mean, they're, they're one take wonders you yes, know what i yes. mean like they lay it down and you know they're they're good um but they really took time with my stuff that's was what cool. i was going to ask you did they, they? really did okay. you know i expected i expected everyone to be professional i expected everybody to be talented i did not expect them to be so appreciative and nice really that's you know? good yeah and i mean to actually say things like wow you know we really like these songs you know what i mean and it it didn't feel like blowing smoke you know what i mean sure. they were polite you know they were they were really good um and uh but yeah it was you know the first time i went in the vocal booth with them you know it's kind of like okay you know here we go um but they were they were fantastic they were it, really good is it hard to make them understand what you want your song to be in other words you have this idea that you've been working with now you have to explain to somebody else and you got to do it fairly quickly not oh, yeah, in anybody's fault but right is yeah. that tough how does that work yeah i think it is tough these guys caught on pretty quick like they kind of figured out you know what i mean and there were a couple of times um, like there's one of my favorite songs on the album that I released as a single is No Better Love. Um, and that's one of my favorites. And um, Dow, the bass player, was listening to me play it, you know, because we kind of would get together and, um, you know, kind of have our little powwow before we go in and try to lay down some tracks. And And he was listening to it and he goes, there's kind of like a Bill Withers thing going on here. And I laughed and I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool that you heard that. You know what I mean? Because in my head, there's that kind of thing going on, too. But it was nice. Like, he picked up on that so quickly. And so they would kind of change, like, who ran point on songs. Like, Jason Roller was the lead, um, you know, kind of the band leader throughout. But, like, that one, the No Better Love, like, Dow kind of ran with it because he sort of had an idea with the bass line and stuff. And... And then they all just go, oh, cool, yeah, we can jump in on that. And then off they go. And they would ask me, like, do you like this? Or or what do you think about something like this? And, you know, and then, you know, I had executive control as far as, sure. you know, yes or no. Or, you know, I was kind of thinking more like something like this, you know, and I could, like, sing a little bit of, like, what if we did something kind of like this, you know. Right. But they're so brilliant that you know honestly it's like you know you kind of give them a rough draft and they're good at kind of fluffing it out from there that's you impressive know? that's what they that do for really, a living you know yeah. wow yeah they're very good very impressive so you you had mentioned you you play a lot on as a solo artist yeah. but mm-hmm. you were trying to find like a band to yeah. put together i'm I'm curious how how would you go about that process or is it friends that you know is it kind of an audition thing you know, I think uh, that's a good question. I'm just starting to kind of think about it. Um, you know, in the past, I have, um, 
usually used people <coughs> that I already knew or already kind of had a relationship with. Yeah. Um, if, you know, I would have to book kind of important gigs to use the guys from Nashville. Um, but I w- they would be my first choice. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. For any kind of project. Like if I were to do, you know, like a, you know, one-off kind of, you know, concert or something, sure. like I would definitely want them. Um, but I think, you know, I think, um, probably I would have to like audition or a little bit, you know, cause it's important to get on the same page mm-hmm. with somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've just kind of like, if I had a, a venue recently say, Hey, we'd really like to have you, but we never book solo artists. And, um, you know, we went on and we listened to your stuff and we'd love to have you, but do you ever play with a duo or do you play with a band? And I said, you know, well, sure, I have, but I don't have one currently, like, you know, locked sure. and loaded. Yeah. So, like, you know, um, but I can keep you posted on that. And, you know, I was like, okay, I need to do that because I need to have that option, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, to yeah. have, you know, even just a guitar player that, like, I could go out and about with. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and if they sang a little, like, that's fine. You know, if they don't, it's okay. But, you know, just... You know, I'm I'm definitely singer first, guitar player second. I don't make any bones about my amazing guitar playing. Like it's fine, um, it works. But <laughs> I am, you know, I'm not a lead guitar player. You right. know what I mean? So it'd be nice to have um, somebody. You know, that's their wheelhouse. You know, gotcha. back me up, and you know, it's just nice to have solos and things bigger and backup vocals. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or lead vocals. And yeah. then, you know, me sing backup. You know, and some stuff. You know, so. Nice. You mm-hmm. you had mentioned Chris Stapleton, yeah, um, Kimberly, and it kind of made me think of of a question. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you are able because I know you do gig a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I saw how many gigs you do, and it's it's pretty impressive. But are you able to hear other artists in this area? And the reason why I asked that question mm-hmm. is because that you know Chris Stapleton was an, another artist that sort of brought a different brand of country yeah. to the forefront, and young people around this area have taken that and ran with it. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about Jay Coney tweak, you know, Brennan Edwards, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dylan Wolf, all those. Have you ever been able to experience any of their music? Have you seen these young guys and like, you know, have you, have you caught on to that a little bit? A little bit. Um, I've seen, um, I've seen those guys on like Instagram a little bit. Sure. Okay. Um, and have been very impressed. And I actually had somebody, I think it was Dylan that somebody said something to me about recently. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's amazing. I think there's, you know, the really great thing that I'm noticing when I go out and I play places is there's a lot of like teenagers and then like early 20 somethings that are really appreciating cool music, you know? And I think when you have guys like, you know, Chris Stapleton, Tyler Childers, you know, um, people, Jason Isbell, people that are writing songs for songs sake. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean like when we had, you know, people like, you know, Hank senior, you know, they kind of ripped your heart out and handed it to you, you know, and, and it was definitely, um, you know, its own thing. Right. Um, and I think, you know, there's been a resurgence of just really good songwriting. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, Yeah. Of just really good songwriting. I mean, in my opinion, nobody writes a better song than Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I would would agree with that. He's a freak of nature in every way. Um, Yeah. You know, um, but I think, you know, there are so many really talented songwriters. Yeah. I mean, you know, and when I go to these things in in Nashville, 
you know, you see such a range. Like you have people that are like, you know, older guys that have like had, you know, had a million hits cut and you're know, like, wow, that's this is the guy that's behind that song or yeah. that song. You know what I mean? That your famous songs that famous people have been known for. And um and then you have these, you know, kids that are like, you know, twenty or twenty one get up and just, you know, tear the roof off, you know. Yeah. They're like, okay. You know, all right. You know, it's very cool. It's so very refreshing. Cool. It is. It's, it's so refreshing. Place, right? I, I don't yeah. know. You know, I don't. Uh, I love it. I, that's all I was just going to say. I love yeah. it. And watching these young people do their thing is pretty impressive. Yeah. And we've got a hotbed right here in town. You know, we, we really, truly do. Mm-hmm. So we're lucky about that. And having you on board around here, too, is great. But I'd, I'd like to hear a little yeah, bit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Maybe me too. <laughs> Some music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, she brought along her guitar, so she's going to scrub off a couple for us. But we really appreciate that. Do you yeah. have any idea what you want to play, or you just want to kind of just get into it and let us guess at it? Um, I'm going to play you the title track from the album. It's called Flight Risk. Um, and when we start with that, I'm ready for it. Kimberly Burke, everybody. Here we go. There's a warm wind blowing, blowing me right out of, right out of this town. And there's no way of knowing, good Lord willing, where I'll end up this time around. Got my ticket on a one-way train. I'm tired of carrying all your pain and all your sorrow on my own. Left you a note on the kitchen table, said I love you, baby, but I'm not able to do this all alone. Cause I'm a flight risk, no one knows. Where I came from, where I go, it's a short list of things that I'll be missing. But I sure wish you could know I'd trade all my yesterdays for tomorrow if I really thought this time that you would listen. Change my future is not up to fate. Find my own way for it's too late. So many chances, but no time to waste. Time. There's a cold wind blowing. Blowing me right out of, right out of this town There's no way of knowing Good Lord willing where I'll end up this time around I got my ticket on a one-way train Now I'm tired of carrying all your pain and all your sorrow on my own. I left you a note on the kitchen.
baby, but I'm not able to do this all alone. Cause I'm a flight risk, no one knows where I came from, where I go. It's a short list of things that I'll be missing. But I sure wish. You could know I trade all my yesterdays for tomorrow. If I really thought this time that you would listen, really thought this time that you would listen. Oh, I'm a Burke, everybody, how about that one now? That's the title track off your new album, correct? That's right. Oh my gosh, man, I'm telling you, it, Ryan, it's impressive to watch somebody that's really good at their craft do that, isn't <laughs> yes. it? I mean, it really is. Oh, Kimberly, that was great. Much. That was a great job. I, thank you. I love the I love the soulfulness of your voice and everything, and it really sounded great, man. Love that. Thanks. Tell me a little bit about that song. Is it is it um yeah, and you used it as your title track. Is there any stories behind that? Is it autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, I think, like, not personally, personally, but gotcha. I think it's sort of the, the concept. So I sort of, like, I always sort of clarify for my husband, like, if this is, like, something he should be worried about or if this is, like, <laughs> if this is, like, a character song. This is kind of more like that concept of like, you know, I, I've got some bucket list kind of thing. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the whole concept of flight risk, like throughout the album, I think it's like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm over what I'm doing here and I'm moving on to what I'm doing over here kind of thing. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I think everything we write, there's plenty of truth, you know, but I think for me... Um, a lot of times, like, you know, I'll start with a, you know, you start with an emotion, you start with like how you're feeling, you start with this sort of thing. And then it takes on its own life, you right, know, right. and it takes, you know, it's almost like you got like a little bit of a movie going on in your head, you know what I mean? Um, at least for me. And it's kind of like, you know, it all starts to kind of play out, you know, as you, as you write it. And I, you know. I think the goal of a songwriter, I'm not saying I always achieve this, but I think the goal of a songwriter is to really paint a picture. Sure, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. You want to take, you know, like, songs are this incredible moment in time, you know, and they take someone somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. or take you back to somewhere that maybe you want to go, maybe you don't want to go, you know, but they're very powerful Buried. in that way. Yes. And, and the really cool part is it can mean one thing to you, and something entirely different to someone else. Yep. And they're both 100% right. 100%. Yep. You know, and that's that's the thing that's that's really cool. And I think, you know, when you live with songs that you've personally written for a while, sometimes they change. Like, you know, sometimes you go back and you go, whoa, like, you know, look where I was with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, hello, you know, like, you know. <laughs> but I think, you know, I've had a few like that. You know, yeah. like, wow, okay. You know, but... But I think, you know, it's it's sort of, you know, you have to put your heart out there, yeah. you know, yeah. and, you know, hope that people are nice to it. You know, no, <laughs> you know yeah, hopefully exactly. people are nice to it. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But, you know, 
you know, better to do than, yeah, than it's, it's, wish you had, yeah. you know, however that goes. It's not a cliche, man. Music is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It really oh, is. My, it's yeah. just a beautiful thing, and it and it does all the things that you just talked about for sure. Yeah, we yeah. always talk about that. How it like it takes you back to a a place in time, a memory, yes. and just yeah. and, and you feel like you're back there vividly again. Of I mean, it's it's insane. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's or a, yeah, like a certain experience that you yes, had. Like yeah. you mm-hmm. heard that song in the background, maybe. But well, I mean, it just it oh, brings yeah. you back. Or as we talked about before, people like. Myself, I'm not going to throw you in this, but myself, who personally has tried, just cannot write a song, mm. but we hear one that speaks for us. That's a mm-hmm. huge thing, you know. And oh, yeah. You'll oh, find yeah. a song that says exactly what you want to say. Oh, That's yeah. a great thing to happen. Do you, by any chance, could we sweet talk into maybe doing another one? Do you have another yeah, one? Yeah, sure. Do you want an original? Oh, I want whatever Kimberly Burke wants to play. That's going to be fine for our audience. <laughs> We're going to love that. So, whatever you want um, to do, something new, something old, it don't matter to us. You okay. Know? Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Let's see. All right. This is one also from Flares. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Um, Kimberly Burke, everybody. Here we go. I'm playing you some of the slower ones just because those are easier without the band. So just fear not, people. There are upbeat songs on this album, so please check it out. This is called uh, Tell Me Your Dreams. Two empty glasses on the table Moonlight creeping on your bedroom wall I'm just laying there watching you sleeping Scared cause I know you're starting to fall Tell me your dreams Are they on the drawing board now, patent pending it seems? You have a reason for your heart to need mending, but please, I think that this could be a happy ending. Tell me your dreams. Driving home in the morning after coffee Rain being down on this older road Singing along to the radio softly Walking in the miles all alone Tell me your dreams Are they on the drawing? Board now patent pending it seems You have a reason for your heart to need mending But please I think that this could be a happy ending Tell me your dreams Call me on the phone now do I want to come on over for a glass of wine? It's time for you to start believing Your heart needs to be with mine 
tell me your dreams Are they on the drawing board now patent pending in scenes You have a reason for your heart to need mending But please, I think that this could be a happy ending Tell me your dreams Tell me your dreams Kimberly Burke, everybody, how about that now? Tell me your dreams. What a great song right off the brand new album, Flight Risk, man. I'm telling you, what a great song that is. Thanks. Yeah. Very well done. I enjoyed that very much, Ryan, man. You know, that's a good I'm driving song. Beautiful voice. Thank that you. Was, you, know, you can very put that on and you're driving down the road. You know what I mean? And you're singing along with that song. That's, that's Absolutely. Feel man, good. That's awesome. I love it. Thank very, you. very good. Yeah, Thanks. very good. So let's find out about how to get all this out there. You know, you're, I know okay. right now you're on Spotify yep. with the new album, iTunes too, I'm, assume, I'm yep. assuming. Uh, so folks can find it there. They can also find you where? Um, they can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Kimberly Burke, B-U-R-K-E dot music. Okay. Um, so, and then um, they can go to my website, uh, www.kimberlyburkemusic.com. Cool. Um, and I'm on TikTok kind of semi-recently, so, you know, I'm trying to keep up with yeah. you know, what we're supposed Social to be media. doing now, <laughs> yeah. which is a job in itself. Mm. Um, we hear that quite a bit. Yeah. 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 yeah, but important to do. It's, it's you know, it's just part of it. You know, we have these wonderful opportunities now to yeah. get out there and to be yeah. heard and to be seen, but um, it does take a little educating oneself. So gotcha. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> what's, your, what's, your schedule, what's your schedule look like coming up? You got to tell us all about that too. Uh, yeah, I mean, this month it's it's a little quieter than normal. I've got um, this weekend, um, Saturday, I'm at Brede Family Vineyard. That's um, down in Green Spring area, right? Uh, yeah, yeah right I think yep. Jim told you about that. Yeah, um, yeah. a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, that's a great venue. I highly recommend their wines. Amazing. They're just great people. It's a very cool place to hang out. Um, so I'll be there Saturday afternoon. I think I'm there at two thirty to five thirty. Cool. Um, okay. Um, but Brede, it's B-R-I-E-D-E, uh, family vineyard. Um, and they do a great job. And then Sunday I actually do a private party. Okay. Um, so, um, which I do, um, quite a few private parties and, you know, holiday parties and stuff like that. So nice. Okay. That's kind of what I've got. I mean, I do have some other gigs like, um, I think I'm trying to remember, um, can't remember where I am the end of this month, but then December I have you know quite a few, and then I have some private you know it's nice. December seven so much private. So you're busy. I'm pretty busy. Yeah. yeah, I mean typically like this time of year it tends to be a little bit lighter, um, but um, but typically I'm out at least three days a week. Um, you know, three to four days a week is kinda... getting after it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's really trying. you have to right. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, can you? Can you uh, tell us how you know Mr. Jim Snedeker? Because I, w- I was telling Brian earlier, yeah. like he he has been a fantastic pipeline he to bring great. some yeah. great guests to our our podcast. Jim is a great guy. Um, I thank you, Jim. I yes, thank you, Jim. I recently met Jim like not too long ago. Okay. Um, he um, I've sort of met him through Bourdais. Sure. Um, okay. 
And um, he introduced himself. I did a special concert at Berday um, where we did a Night of the Divas. And it was basically like I took on, you know, the greatest female singers of all time because, you know, <laughs> that's easy. Um, <laughs> so we did do some opera. Like we did like five opera arias. Um, wow, nice. Because really into that. And I had done that one other time for like an Italian night. You know, we did, you know, we did like an Italian, you know, music, you know, night. And so I wow. did that kind of stuff. But um, with the night of the divas was fun. Cause we did like across all genres. So it was basically, I got to handpick music from like all of my favorite female singers. Very cool. Um, so, you know, I did stuff, I did opera obviously, but then I did Sarah Vaughn and okay. I did Billie Holiday and I did Janis Joplin and I did, you know, um, Joni and, you know, um, Adele and, you know, um, all over the place. You Very know? cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun. So he came to that. He was very supportive of, the, of other musicians. Jim should like, he's a good role model. He sure is. Yep. He really is. Um, and so he came to that and cause he was curious cause you know, you don't hear opera out and about very often. Um, <laughs> and so I think he came to check that out and, and just to be supportive. And so I got to meet him, you know, then. Very cool. and since then we've been kind of talking back and forth a little bit. So nice. Nice. Yeah, there cool you go. Guy. There, there's your duo partner, right? If you yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Mate. Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to say too. You know, the same people that reach out to you for maybe gigging or figuring out yeah. where you're at, they can reach out to you if they're interested, maybe in, in mm-hmm. working something out in a band situation with you yeah. too. Because yeah, no, we got sure. a lot of folks out there that listen to us that you know you never know. Yeah. Connections can be made. Yeah, so exactly. Reach out to Kim. You've yeah. already heard her voice, everybody. You heard the show. You hear how good she can sing and play. So. Put her in your band, trust me. Well, thank yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, you know, like in the past, like I said, I mean, I was in a funk band. A yeah, band you've done a little everything. Stuff. Yeah, it's fun to jump into that, too. Right, you know, just right. To kinda... So what's your go-to rock song when you're playing? Is there mm. one that you play every show that you really like? Let's see, go-to rock song. Um, I, You know, I get asked for I get asked for Janice a lot. Um, I can understand and, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, I get asked for Janice a lot. So, I mean, I do, I don't know if you'd really call Bobby McGee a rock song, but I do Bobby McGee and I do, um, you know, some Janice, I do some Melissa Etheridge. I get asked for her a lot too. Sure. Um, let's see. I have, um, and then, you know, it's like, I do a little bit of, I used to do a lot of like Led Zeppelin. I can can do some Robert You can do some Robert Plank and you get, that's cool. Yeah. Um, don't get to do that very often. I do some Rolling Stones that I do. Okay. That's Um, cool. A lot of older, you know what I mean? Like, trying to think of, yeah, I'm trying to think of something, you know, semi new, you know, that I do. And of course you ask me and then I can't, (laughs) I'll be driving home and I'll go, I didn't I could have said that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you mentioned me, uh, me and Bobby McGee. You know, I mean, um, let's be honest. That's one of the greatest songs ever written. It is. It truly is. Mm-hmm. And it's been done a million different ways, and it yeah. works every which way they do yeah. it. Chris Christopherson, if I can get it out, hit it out of the park with that one, man. That's mm-hmm. a crazy good song. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know. I have like a few favorites. Like I do. I get asked for uh, Stevie Nicks a lot. Yeah, too. there you go. So, okay. You know, I do yeah. Landslide and I do Dreams and you know. Um, I get I get compared to Stevie a lot, which right. is you know like a you know of course a huge compliment, but um so I think it depends on like what I'm singing like you know because you need your Don Henley though to do leather and lace that's I what know, you need I, right? <laughs> I know it's so funny too because I get asked for that and I'm like okay well I can do both parts but you know yeah like, it's, it's kinda, cool it's yeah. Funny, yeah so yeah. I have done it before like that's you know cool. kind of kidding around with people you know yeah very nice yeah yeah very nice. 
Is there one that you have, um, like a cover song that yeah. you were saying, like you put a, a yeah. spin on? Because I know when Summer yeah. and Eric were here, they did a, a rendition of Little Red Corvette that was just yeah, that was pretty yeah. cool, yeah, amazing, yeah. and it was their own kind of right. spin on it. Yeah, knock one out if you want uh, to. It'd be great. Sure, you can do that. Okay, let's see. I don't know if this is the best example of spin, but I kind of do sort of a somewhat country-fied version of Landslide okay. for you. <laughs> Took my love and I took it down Climbed a mountain and I turned around And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought it down Oh, mirror and sky, what is love? And the child within my rise above Can I sail through the changing ocean tides Can I handle the seasons of my life I've been afraid of
yes, the familiar landslide. Very, very good job. Very I really nice. love that. Yes. Fantastic, man. Thanks for doing that. We appreciate yeah, it very much. Welcome. What did we miss? Is there stuff about what's going on with you right now that we haven't got to? Or, or is there anything you can think of that we need to make sure we get out there? I think you've done a really good job. You've asked, you know, some really good questions. I mean, I am putting together a bunch of new stuff to try to do a new recording project semi soon. Nice. Um, okay. And I am definitely uh, trying to fill my calendar between venues here and also in Nashville to kind sure. of strike that balance. Um, and you know, so if anybody out there is booking, give me give me a shout. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, that's basically it. I'm putting together. I'm I'm about three quarters of the way to a new album. Nice. Yeah. Well, good. Um, good. So. Definitely keep us posted about that. I will. I will. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for for sharing your craft with us, for thank telling you. your story, yeah. for letting Thanks your work get me. out there. Of course, absolutely, and uh, and you know, hopefully, we'll keep up with you and and down the road if you can come back and fill us in on what's been going on since this interview that would be yeah. a lot of fun too so yeah, for sure. so we'll definitely do that very cool very cool Ryan did we miss anything brother you know what I'm going to ask well, for I know you always do that we <laughs> always do that man for sure well before we get out of here I do have that I want to make sure we let everybody know about our trivia question we talked about that earlier and <laughs> the band had a number one song in 1966 and did not have another one until 1988 and the question was name the band in the two songs don't have any guesses Kimberly <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna think, God, I'm so dumb. That I didn't well, it, it, it's one of those. It it's yeah. one of those when you hear it, you go, Oh shoot! But the band is the Beach Boys. Oh wow! Okay, mm. and their number one song in 1966 was "Good Vibrations," and that was a really expensive song to record back in the day. It was over a million dollars, I think, to record that song in 1966. Wow! Um, fast forward 22 years later, before they had another number one, and it was Kokomo. And everybody oh, wow. remember that song mm-hmm. from the movie yeah. Cocktail was where wow. it got a big hit. So those uh, those two songs are, are Good Vibrations and Coco. Those are the two number one hits from the Beach Boys 22 years apart. How about that? Pretty nice. cool. That is cool. Hopefully I, I taught you something, but probably not. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> well, folks, that wraps up episode 72. Can you believe that, Ryan? 72 episodes, man. We've been no. cranking them out. It's been awesome. I want to make sure we give a shout-out to Chris Gray, our producer. He does a great job for us out there. Always makes us sound good week to week, so I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you for everything. Guys, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook as well. Stop by and make sure you follow our page. You can also email me at musicianscafe1 at gmail.com. So please make sure if you have questions or somebody you want to suggest to be on the show, just let us know. We'll be glad to reach out to them and get them set up our our. Schedule is filling up. We've got Jess Spoon next week on Tuesday, everybody. A reminder, because Thanksgiving's on Thursday, so we're going to do an early show. And it'll post late on Tuesday night. So we'll make sure we get that out there. But Jess Spoon's going to be here next week, so it should be a lot of fun. They're going to bring the band along. And, man, we should have a good time again, Ryan. I'm looking forward to it each and every week. Me too. Kimberly Burt, thank you so much once again. We appreciate it. Thank you. Ryan, my man, couldn't do without you, brother. Appreciate it. You you back, brother. All right, brother. All right. Well, listen, everybody out there driving around, if you're in that left lane and you're not passing anybody, stop it. Get out. Move over to the right lane like you're supposed to. And until we meet again, (laughs) peace.